Welcome to the Palace Perspective, podcast that brings you conversations and professional analysis on the topics and trends affecting your everyday financial life. The Palace Perspective is brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a comprehensive wealth management firm with locations in the Northeast, specializing in financial and estate planning solutions, investment management strategies, and family office services for high net worth families across the country. Welcome to the Palace Perspective, the podcast that brings you conversations and professional analysis on the topics and trends affecting your everyday financial life. I'm your host, James Landry, and I'm glad you chose to listen in today. Today, we're going to talk about one way we can find, I'll call it a silver lining in the dark cloud of what has been the stock market so far in 2022. And joining me to help us with the conversation today for the first time is a special guest, Shannon Smith, CFP, who is the Director of Financial Planning for the Colin team within Palace Capital Advisors. Shannon, welcome to the Palace Perspectives. Happy to be here, James. Thanks. What an introduction. Shannon, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background? Happy to. So I have been in the wealth management industry for 15 years. I'm a financial advisor for seven, and my focus is helping uh, high net worth families make customized financial plans based on their dreams and their goals. I'm passionate about working really closely with the families to help them navigate their financial lives. And I'm happy to be here discussing Roth conversions because it's a very timely subject and a conversation I'm actually really having with a lot of clients right now. Great. Are you passionate about Roth conversions as well? I think in the right circumstances, they make the right, they are um, All right. a good well, solution. You you let the cat out of the bag. We are going to talk about Roth IRA conversions today. Ooh. But I, I will just say, Shannon, <laughs> in the last 12 months that... Uh, We've gotten to know each other. I know that Joe and his clients are very fortunate to have someone with your expertise, credentials, and and passion for serving clients. So I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. So let's get right into it. And, and, you know, when I look at the the stock market for so far in 2022, as of yesterday, so today is June 23rd, as of close of yesterday, the S&P for the year is down almost 21%, 20 20.8%. And for the last 12 months, it's down about 11.3%. The NASDAQ composite index, uh, even more, it's down for the year uh, 28.7%. And then for the last 12 months, 22%. So a bit of pain for anyone that's investing right now that they really haven't had an experience, at least for this amount of time frame, for for quite some time, uh, going back to really March of 2020 when we really had the beginning of the COVID period mm-hmm. where we had that shock to the system, it rebounded fairly quickly. But then before that, you'd really have to go back to maybe 2007, mm-hmm. 2008. So that's why I call it this dark cloud. But in terms of, you know, what are we doing about mm-hmm. this for, you know, our clients here at Palace Capital Advisors? What does really any financial advisor have in his or her mm-hmm. toolbox uh, to bring to bear for clients? So uh, a couple of things that we think about would be, well, one is, not to get to the one that you mentioned, but first, tax loss harvesting. Tell us, what is that? So tax loss harvesting is when you have a share of Apple. Let's say you bought it at $200, and it's now down to $100. You've got an unrealized loss of $100. You decide to sell it, realize that loss, and buy another tech company, say... Well, I'd say... I could have done uh, Home Depot. Google. Google. Yeah. Or, a good one. Or, or is they Amazon? Call, yeah, Amazon. So or selling. Alphabet, I should probably say. <laughs> By the way, I should mention 
None of these stocks are recommendations to buy, sell, or hold to our listeners, just as an example. They are just being used yeah. as examples. That's Thank right. you for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, so nobody likes to lose money in the stock market, but for tax purposes, losses can be valuable, harvesting tax losses. So we try to do that for clients all throughout the year because a loss that you can book can be used to offset a future gain later in the year or in exactly. future years, right? Exactly. Or up to $3,000 of ordinary income it can be used to offset. So Every single year. So yeah. if it was a year that you didn't have any losses, you can still use that 3K to offset your income and you can carry that loss forward indefinitely. Yeah. So sometime we'll talk more in depth about tax loss harvesting. But today I want to talk about the other kind of strategy or tool mm -hmm. that you mentioned that you're passionate about and that's a Roth IRA conversion. So let's talk a little bit about that if we can. <clears throat> but before we get into converting Roth IRAs, we should maybe talk a little bit for our listeners yeah. um, because we always assume, you know, people know things, but, um, you know, I'm always surprised that there are people that don't understand the differences between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Can you kind of maybe give us a little bit of those differences. Where did the Roth IRA come from anyways? Certainly. So let's just start with what they are. A uh, traditional IRA is an individual retirement account. You make it with pre-tax contributions, and that money grows tax-deferred over the course of the lifetime. And then when you turn 72, the government makes you take out your money based on your life expectancy, because of course the government doesn't like that you've had money growing tax-deferred indefinitely. What do you mean they don't like it? They, they wrote the rules. Of course they okay. did, and they want to take their piece of the pie. Right. <laughs> so they'll force you to take the money out, what's required, called a required minimum distribution, and you have to take that money out, and it's taxed at ordinary income rates. Now, you said that it's always pre-tax contributions, but can I make after-tax contributions as well to a traditional IRA? You can, and then you have to track it pretty carefully of okay. what you put in post-tax versus uh, what you put in pre-tax okay. over the lifetime of the IRA. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so you mentioned the 72. That's, that's when we were forced to take money out, um, 72 and a half. It, that changed fairly recently. It used to be 70 yeah. and a half, right? Yeah, it was under the SECURE Act just about, what well, gosh, two years ago. Yeah, 2019, if, if, if memory serves. So, all right, so now that's a traditional IRA. The Roth IRA is different. It is. A Roth IRA, you make those contributions with post-tax money. Hmm. It's already been taxed. You put it in the Roth IRA. Same exact thing as a traditional IRA where it grows tax-deferred. So any buys or sells you make, you never pay taxes on any of those gains. But the difference is the withdrawals are never taxed. Oh. So it's an asset you've created that, that is tax-free like indefinitely. That sounds like a good thing. And you're never actually forced to take the money out because the IRS doesn't care because you they won't get any taxes out of it. Oh. So um, why would anyone in their right mind ever use a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA? I, I would think no taxes is better. Usually no taxes is better, James. Great question. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are, of course, caveats to oh, this. Oh, okay. There's income thresholds on making Roth contributions. Yeah. For taxpayers filing jointly, income thresholds start at $204,000. So if you guys are making less than $204,000, you can make IRA contributions, no problem. Roth IRA contributions. Roth, sorry, thank you. Roth IRA contributions, no problem. They start, they gradually decrease. Then we hit $214,000 in AGI. Okay. 
contributions. Then you're basically phased out of making Roth contributions. So many people can't make Roth IRA contributions because they they make too much money. Exactly. All right. So they're looking then in that case to make a traditional IRA contribution. Anyone can make an after-tax or pre-tax traditional IRA contribution as long as that person has uh, earned income, right? Or you know, for their spouse as well, mm -hmm. even if that spouse isn't working. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people are doing traditional uh, IRA contributions because their income's too high, but there is no, what I understand, restrictions with regard to income limits or conversion amounts when it comes to Roth IRA conversions. You know, that used to be, but I think as of 2010, anybody can convert from an IRA to a Roth IRA. Is that right? That's correct. You could be making $5 million a year and you can still convert your IRA to a Roth IRA. Shannon, there's one other thing I think our listeners would benefit from that we should talk about, and that's to do with the differences between an IRA and a Roth IRA when it comes to time to taking money out of the IRA. Um, so one of the key differences is how things are taxed when you're taking money out of an IRA. You already pointed out that when I take money out of an IRA, it's always going to be taxable as income to me, right? Um, Roth IRA tax-free but the order of distribution, and that and that that tax-free aspect is only if it meets certain um, rules requirements. One of them is you have to be age 59 and a half. The other one is has to do with the five-year rule, which I'll let you talk about mm -hmm. in a second. But if you don't meet those rules, the order of the way things come out of a Roth IRA is entirely different. IRA comes out earnings first before you get into principal. Mm -hmm. Roth IRA not so much. Tell Roth us IRA. Roth IRA is actually much more friendly to the taxpayer. In fact, your contributions will always come out tax-free no matter how long you've held the IRA or how old you are. And those come out first. That's the first thing yeah. that would come out. Right. And then after that, it'd be any amount you converted. And then after that, finally, it's earnings. Okay, so it's kind of three tranches, right? It's exactly. contributions, conversions, earnings in that order. Um, and so if you don't meet the 59 and a half, mm -hmm. five-year requirements, then you look at, well, how what's coming out? Is it a contribution? Is it a converted mm -hmm. fund or amount? Or is it earnings? Exactly. And then you decide on how those are taxed. Okay. Exactly. That's great. So let's switch gears now into the Roth conversion. So we're mm -hmm. going from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. I, as a IRA owner, mm -hmm. if my earnings are too high, I can't contribute to a Roth IRA, as you pointed out. But I can convert to a Roth IRA. But it's not just as simple as I calling up, you know, my custodian and saying, hey, add the word Roth to my registration. I'm sure there's some other things we got to think about. So what are those? Taxes. So when you convert a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, you are taking a full withdrawal from that traditional IRA. So you still have to pay the ordinary income tax on the amount you're converting. So, so you really want to think about how this increases your income and what the ramifications are of this increased income. Right. And work really closely with your CPA. Like I could potentially go up a bracket. Exactly. And so that's what you really want to be careful of. And you can, you know, strategy is to break a, a conversion over a couple of years to keep yourself in a bracket. But that's why you can, you want to always work carefully with your CPA, right. making sure you're not jumping brackets that if you're, you know, trying to qualify for any financial aid or grant through scholarships, Oh, yeah, because my FAFSA is going to have a different level of income exactly. now. Exactly. Right? So you want to watch about that. Um, higher Social Security income. You want to worry about that. Medicare tax that maybe you weren't going to be subject to, but then now you are. This is the uh, Affordable Care Act tax, exactly. uh, investment net investment income tax, the 3.8%. 
all of a sudden I'm, I'm in that category and I wasn't before the conversion. So, wow, those are little gotchas. There are definitely some gotchas and things you really want to be careful of when you're thinking about a conversion. I imagine you, you help clients think about that when you're talking to them about conversion. Of course. Yeah, There's many things to think about in a right. conversion. Yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. So um, that's helpful. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about this five-year rule. I think we mentioned mm -hmm. it, and, and we should maybe go into depth. There's there's really two five-year rules. There's one that deals with Roth IRA contributions, mm -hmm. Roth IRAs, and then Roth IRA conversions. And I'm going to tell you how I understand it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So in order to take money out of an IRA, a Roth IRA, tax-free, there's two basic requirements. First one is, is that I have to be 59 and a half. And then if it's a Roth IRA, that has to have at least one Roth IRA that's been open for at least five years. Mm -hmm. um, so um, if I opened up a Roth IRA in 2022, here we are, mm -hmm. I'd have to really wait until 2027, assuming I was 59 and a half, which maybe I'm in my 60s by then, uh, before I could take that out earnings free. If I wait till 59 and a half and I haven't met the five-year requirement, I don't have a penalty, but I still have to pay income tax. On the earnings. On the earnings. Because remember, the contributions are always tax-free. Ah, yes. Tax Excellent point. Excellent point. And yeah. um, the, the five-year window starts in January of the year that I opened the Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So if I wait till December 31 and open on a Roth IRA on December 31, since the window started on January 1, I really only have to wait four years in that Exactly. Case, right? Oh, I, I found a... A whole kind of loophole. A loophole. That's great. So that's Roth IRA contributions. Mm -hmm. Conversions, it's different. It is. Five-year rule for every converted Roth IRA, there's a separate five-year rule. Is that correct? Correct. There's a separate clock. Yeah. So when you were saying for a contribution, the clock starts, that five-year clock starts when you open your first Roth IRA. Right, right. So I could have like... 10 different IRAs open, IRAs open up different years. It's the oldest one. That's that. That's the clock. Correct. Right? You okay. could open one 10 years after the first one you opened right. and withdraw from that one six months later. Wait, why would I have 10 Roth IRAs? I really have no that's idea. That's a bad example. <laughs> you have a very messy financial life and you yeah. need a financial okay. advisor. Thank you. Know anybody? <laughs> right. So, but the conversion then is every time I convert from a traditional IRA to a Roth mm -hmm. IRA, that conversion... That's a separate, you said, clock for five years. Correct. Right. Okay, good to know. And so, obviously, the sooner the better, you know, for people that are younger, um, then by the time they reach 59 and a half, the, the five-year clock really doesn't Matter. have any issue. Okay. There's other things like Roth 401ks, right, for some people that are similar to Roth IRAs, yes? Correct. Yeah, it depends on how your um, company structured their 401k and the plan mm. documents. But a lot of times you'll have Roth provisions in your 401k. So in other words, instead of pre-tax deferrals into my 401k, I'm making after-tax deferrals. Exactly. It's not actually a deferral, after-tax contribution. And then those funds can come out, assuming I'm retired and age 59 and a half, tax-free. Exactly. Okay. So something to think about when you're doing that is what tax bracket you're in now versus what tax bracket you expect to be when you're retired. Okay. So um, that, that's, that's really helpful. I think we covered a lot on Roth conversion. So um, just to point out a couple things is you mentioned uh, required minimum distributions, age 72. Mm -hmm. RMDs are the case for traditional IRAs. There are no RMDs for Roth IRAs for the, IRA, for the Roth IRA owner and his or her spouse. Exactly. What about children? 
That is different. Ah. Uh, that is also a Secure Act change okay. where any children have to withdraw the money within 10 years. Okay. So 10 years, just part of the Secure Act. Any IRA owner, Roth or otherwise, has to have the distribution come out uh, within the 10th year. Exactly. Okay. And as I'd actually mentioned before, thinking about where you are in your tax bracket now versus where you think you're going to be when you're tired, it's the same thing if you're planning a Roth IRA as a legacy asset and it's something you want to give your kids. Mm-hmm. What is your tax bracket versus what is your child's tax bracket yeah. going to be? Oh, yeah. Excellent point. Right. Because um, I may not be in a lower bracket, but my um, child may be in the future, so I consider that. Or does it really make sense to do that Roth conversion if they're going to be in a really low bracket they paid? And so why prepay taxes? Exactly. Or right. vice versa. We've got a client right. in our family we're working with that their son's in a higher bracket. Right. And they specifically have been wanting a gift to mm. him, and he doesn't want the gift now. But you could use that gift to a, right. a conversion for them. And we'll do it later. Let's talk about other thing you mentioned requirement of district. I keep coming down to RMDs again. Yeah. For some um, older clients that are 72 already taking requirement mm-hmm. of distributions, it's important to note you can't convert RMDs. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. that is not right. a way to make a conversion. You right. cannot convert the requirement uh, of distribution. Um, when you're doing a Roth IRA conversion, there's going to be an income tax that's due in that mm-hmm. year of the conversion, right? So I convert this year, April 15th, next year, whenever the tax uh, filing deadline mm-hmm. is. I had to check Uncle Sam for the, the tax on the converted amounts. Um, I, I understand that it makes sense to have funds outside of the IRA with which to pay the tax for a couple of reasons. One is if I convert, and I'm not 59 and a half when I convert, there's no penalty on the conversion, but then if I have to tap my IRA to pay the tax bill later in the next year, that will be income taxable when that tap mm-hmm. that. And will also be penalized because I'm not 59 and a half. Yes. And you're taking money out of a tax deferred asset. Exactly. So I'm really kind of diluting in a big way the effectiveness of the Roth IRA conversion. Exactly. So really strong recommendation to your clients would be you want to make sure you have outside funds with which to pay the tax. 100%. Okay. And then if they think they might need the money within the next five years, probably think really carefully about prepaying a tax. Right. Okay. Um, And then what about for, you mentioned legacy, right? Um, Obviously, the first thing that comes to my mind when you think of legacy is, well, my children or if I'm older, my grandchildren. Um, But a lot of people think philanthropy, right, Mm -hmm. is part of their legacy. And and, uh, that's a great thing. Um, When you think about leaving assets to charity, through your will mm-hmm. or through a uh, you know, some type of an estate plan, um, what's better to leave to charity? Would it be an IRA or a, a taxable account? IRAs are not going to be taxable. If you wanted to leave a taxable asset to the, your kids versus an IRA, the kids are going to have to pay taxes on that IRA. Yeah. Whereas, whereas charities don't generally well, exactly. pay income tax. So if you're right. choosing between your kids and charity... The IRA is a great asset to leave to charity right? because they're not going to ever have to pay income tax on those withdrawals. So if I have a significant... Splitting. Yeah, yeah. So if I have significant philanthropic mm-hmm. intent and I have IRAs, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for me to do a conversion and pay tax if I'm planning to leave that asset to charity when they'll never pay tax. Exactly. Right. So think through those things. And that, again, that's why it's really helpful for you know individuals to talk to a team like you and your, your folks... Uh, at Palace Capital Advisors, so you can be helping advise them and plan holistically, not just uh, focused on one single aspect of their their finances. Roth conversions are definitely not one size fits all. It really is based on your unique circumstances, 
your goals, and it all comes back to your financial plan. I want to talk about one thing here, and that's something I've heard called um, out in the uh, press is uh, backdoor mm-hmm. Roth conversions. You know, I think I know what a backdoor is, and now I know what a Roth conversion is. But maybe you could combine those two concepts for me um, and explain what that means. So a backdoor Roth contribution is for people who make too much to make a typical Roth contribution. Mm. So you're over that $214,000, but you'd still like to make annual contributions. Mm. So what you do is you make a non-deductible IRA contribution. Ah, yes. And then same day, convert it. So there's no, it's, there's been no growth to tax at all. It hasn't sat in this IRA long enough to grow anything to have any so, taxable... So if I convert that after tax same day or that after tax contribution same day, there's no there's no limit. I can can do it, right? Correct. But there would be no income tax because I it was all after tax dollars. It was all after tax dollars, and nothing ever grew in it to tax. So that's the same thing as doing a Roth contribution. It is, and now you've been made a. That's a backdoor. backdoor. That's a backdoor, backdoor loophole, and you can do yeah. it every single year. So, there is a big caveat to this. Though. Oh, uh, there's always something, Shannon. Really, All right, really well, is. let's talk about that. <laughs> the caveat is you cannot have an IRA with any money in it. You can have a 401k with as much money, millions of dollars in it. But an IRA, the IRS would look at, let's say you have a $100,000 IRA. You make a non-deductible contribution of six grand and try to convert it. The IRS isn't going to look at the six grand you just put in and say, oh, that they converted that. You know, there's no growth. It's, it's that dollar. No, they're going to look at the first amount of money you ever put in that uh, traditional IRA. Say it's all been done with pre-tax money. Ah, uh, so in other it's words, taxable event. So in your example, six thousand and one hundred thousand. So six percent of whatever you convert is going to be considered after tax, the rest is going to be considered pre-tax conversion dollars. It's called the pro rata rule. Yeah, pro rata. So that's interesting. So if I've got other IRAs and I want to do this backdoor IRA, I'm still going to end up paying income tax in 99% of the situations. Exactly. So All if right. you have one, an IRA, you'd either want to consider converting it before you want to continue with backdoor contributions, convert the whole thing, or you can also... Um, to roll over into your 401k. Oh, okay. So once it's in a 401k, it's separate. Exactly. And that 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 pro rata rule does not apply. Exactly. So it's a okay. way you can kind of clean up that IRA and not yeah. have one anymore. Yeah. So, without having to convert it. So proceed with caution. In other words. Yes. With all, all right. of this, proceed with caution. Well, so uh, you know, I started about talking about the the market that we've been in uh, first six months of the mm-hmm. year and uh, coming up on the first seven months of the year. And really, uh, I mentioned that, you know, a market pullback, uh, we, we wrote a newsletter about this um, this month. And by the way, listeners, you want to take a read of that newsletter, I think it would be helpful. But quite simply, I said in the newsletter, a market pullback of 20 to 30 percent essentially means that taxes have been cut by 25 percent when you're performing a Roth conversion. Um, so the market is yeah. providing a perfect opportunity um, to at least consider this, what are, what are you telling clients right now? I mean, the exact same thing. Wouldn't you rather pay taxes on $70 versus $100? Yeah, but yeah. I, I still would rather have my $100, though. <laughs> but, yes, good point. I see your point. Um, yeah, so it's at least time to revisit the mm-hmm. question. And I know what we were fielding um, client questions at the beginning of the year, even midpoint last year, 
And I was really re somewhat resistant to the idea of the conversion because, you know, the markets had had such a long mm -hmm. run-up. And it seems to me now with this correction, we're in recession mm -hmm. territory here, that some of that, um, you know, super overvaluation has been taken off. And now this is at least much more interesting to me um, when talking to clients about the opportunity. Exactly. Well, that will do it for this round. And listeners, as I said, can read more about this topic in the Palace Capital Advisors June Planning Newsletter, which can be found at our website, uh, palacecapitaladvisors.com. That's P-A-L-L-A-S, capitaladvisors.com. Shannon, thank you so much for sharing some of your insights with us today. I look forward to having you again uh, sometime soon. Thanks, James, for having me. And listener, as always, if you would like to discuss your financial, personal financial planning, reach out to us through our website, again, palacecapitaladvisors.com. Of course, everything on the Palace Perspectives podcast is general in nature and should not be construed as personal advice. But we would be delighted to discuss how this important topic could potentially impact you and your financial objectives. To all of our listeners, we wish you the best. We look forward to connecting with you next time on the Palace Perspectives podcast. Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You should consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances. These materials are provided for general informational and educational purposes based on publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. PCA cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained herein is for informational purposes only, is not personalized investment advice, and should not be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any particular security, sector, or strategy to any individual person or entity. Investment advice is offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor.